Hey everybody, Sandy here, just popping in to wish you a happy holiday with this special Thanksgiving episode of Streets Behind. As you probably know, Matthew and I started recording these during the pandemic lockdown, and it has taken us a while to get them edited and published. So we actually recorded this one the week of Thanksgiving 2021. I honestly totally forgot that it existed, and by pure serendipity, it just happened to be the next episode in the lineup perfectly timed for Thanksgiving. I mean, perfectly timed two years late, which is not too bad by Greendale standards. Since it's a holiday special, we don't focus on just one episode of the show, but we do talk about Thanksgiving traditions, family drama, mental health, and of course, our beloved sitcom community. And weirdly, I think this might be our best episode yet. So wherever you find yourself this holiday, If you need a little escape, come join us in Shirley's Garage. We'll be waiting for you. Attention Greendale students and welcome to Streets Behind, a podcast about the TV show community. Hosted by two friends who met on campus but couldn't hang out during the pandemic. So we started this podcast to stay connected. And together we come up with so many insights about the show and the characters that we never would have thought of on our own. We know it's not perfect, but if it was, it wouldn't be Greendale. So join us. You're already already accepted. accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, ready? Yep. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Streets Behind. As always, I am your co-host, Matthew Kroll. And I'm Sandy Caldrone. And today we're doing something a little different. It may not be the case for you all in listener land, but Sandy and I have not recorded an episode in four and a half months. Three and a half. Sorry, three and a half months. It's been like 10 That's still weeks. too long. It's still too long. But even though you may just be binging, the, I'm sure there's millions of you out there binging our humble podcast. <laughs> um, so you may be listening to this in succession, but we thought we were going to do something a little different today. It is the Monday evening before Thanksgiving of 2021. So we were going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. Uh, We should acknowledge the fact that there are Thanksgiving episodes of Community, but we are not there yet in our Mm -hmm. progression through the show to be able to talk about them. We will get there eventually. But as we've talked about on episodes in the past, one thing we love about Community is they do this, like the classic American sitcom thing of they have like seasonally appropriate or, you know, school calendar appropriate Mm -hmm. for school shows episodes. So it's like, it's the finals week episode or it's the, you know, the Christmas episode or the holidays episode or whatever it is, Thanksgiving, Halloween. So they place it in time and that's nice. Yeah, exactly. They place it in time. So Sandy and I wanted to acknowledge that and honor that and do our own quote unquote Thanksgiving episode. But basically we're going to talk about two things today. Uh, Well, first I'm going to silence my phone. So then then we're going to talk about two things. Number one, we're going to talk a little bit about the break that we've taken and the circumstances that led to that, Uh, partly because one of the main projects of this 
community podcast is talking about community and how it's been weird maintaining community during these pandemic-y times. So we're going to talk a little bit about why we took this break and how we look forward to getting back together and just getting the energy going again into, into recording more podcasts and how we've been looking forward to this. And then the second thing we were going to talk about I think maybe it's time for a little bit of therapy a la Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? Just might just riff a little bit on Thanksgiving in the Midwest. Times and, are tough, people. Yeah, and what it is we do and do not look forward to this Thanksgiving. Fortunately, this will air well after Thanksgiving, so I can't wear any of this on my face, literally or otherwise. Um, anyways, sorry for the long-winded intro. Uh, Sandy, anything you would like to add to that? Anything you you'd like to share with the audience let's not do like things we're thankful for <laughs> oh really because i was gonna say <laughs> this podcast you know and you and the listeners no yes um i i have boycotted any event where it's like let's go around the room and say uh, what we're thinking <laughs> anytime <laughs> That's immediately where I'm like, oh, guys, I'm sorry. I got to go to the bathroom. It's going to be a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know. I'll be back later. Yeah. Yeah. Go outside and stink a smoke. You know, I don't even smoke, but that'd be what I do. I'd like go outside and just find a neighbor smoking and be like, let me get one of those. They're doing a. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm that would be worth for. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To have the excuse. But real quick, before we get there, before we get to listing all the things we're thankful for or riffing on why we can't stand that. Um, <laughs> you and I are no longer living in the same town. Things, no. have, things have a changed for us and particularly for you. So I want you to have some space to tell. Uh, by the way, this is one of the first times we've seen each other. Well, it's the first time we've Zoomed since your move. And I just want to say, as yeah. I told you, you know, when we talked about this, so happy for you. So proud of you. Hope everything's going well. Hope the move is going well. And yeah, just excited for you. So share with the listeners what's happened in Sandy Caldron land. Oh, man. So many things. Well, no, that's not true. A few very big things. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I have um, a new job. I'm at the University of Illinois Library um, in, their, yeah, <laughs> in their research data service. You're not booing libraries. You're booing like, you know, the sports teams or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> no, no. I should say where I met Purdue. Some of you may remember we were at Purdue. So Urbana-Champaign is like two hours due west. We're regional mm -hmm. rivals in the Big Ten. So yeah. booing the Illini. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I started a new gig um, there, which is cool because I grew up in Illinois, born and raised in Illinois, moved to Indiana to work for Purdue. So now this is kind of like a homecoming, coming back to my home state. And I also did my library science degree at University of Illinois. I did a uh, an early version of online learning before that was a pandemic necessity back in like 2010. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. So I, so I don't really, you know, it's kind of a homecoming, but not in the sense that like I know the campus or the town really well. And then it's also exciting because I actually, although I'm originally from much farther north in Illinois, um, I do have some family who live out here. So I live my family again, which is fun. Oh, nice. That's amazing. Wait, yeah. can I make a random community connection that just came yeah. to mind? 
Do you remember the episode where they go to Pierce's dad's house and they have to play like the eight bit video game or whatever? <laughs> yeah. That in my mind, when you said I did an early version of online learning, that, that was, it was like eight bit. <laughs> not not yeah. that you're that old, but just that the that the technology it didn't need to be as innovative then because we weren't all like learning virtually. So in my mind, you're doing like some eight bit like move oh. this box into this square or whatever or even better it'd be if it was the episode where <laughs> Dean Felton gets into the like lawnmower man era yep. of virtual reality <laughs> worlds upon worlds what does he whatever. keep screaming in that one isn't it something like he says um uh well he's talking about worlds in worlds and worlds but he screams um oh it'll come to Is me it- Jesus wept and Jesus wept. Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> and Jesus wept. <laughs> well, unfortunately, my yeah. online learning experience was nothing like either of those. Oh, um, although I think they really missed an opportunity there because this was too early to really have video streaming, especially with a whole class. So yeah. we had like audio streaming, and then you would maybe see the professor's video, but we should have had like eight bit little portrait avatars that would have been great yeah <laughs> that would have been amazing yeah. so you're settled in you move to a new place you're mm-hmm. doing well so the last episode we recorded was season one episode 11 i believe it's uh politics of human sexuality i think is the title sorry mm-hmm. but uh we were looking at this right before we started recording we recorded that on august 7th and at that time i think you were in the hiring process or the mm-hmm. interview process or maybe we're even getting offers and kind of you know knew that there was going to be this change also for us that was about two weeks out maybe three weeks out of the start of the semester at mm-hmm. purdue Uh, For those of you that know nothing about Purdue and aren't interested, here's a tidbit for you. (laughs) Normally, the last few years, we've let in about 8,000 first-year students. This year, we let in 10,000. And so it is a nightmare on campus. Everything just feels busier. It's been a busy semester. Um, You were obviously in the midst of a part of your life that, you know, requires great focus and energy to make a life decision, like moving back home and taking a great career opportunity. So all of that was happening. I went to spend a week in a tiny house on the Mississippi River a couple days after we recorded. recorded. And I was like 10% concerned that that's the last time anyone would ever hear from you. It damn near was. It, <laughs> if only Be- if only Bellevue, Iowa was, was big enough for me. Um, <laughs> it was, although interestingly, the town of Dubuque, Iowa really spoke to me and felt like Ooh. it was big enough for me, even though it's like not even as big as Lafayette, Indiana. So I don't know. But sometimes places you go places and you think, wow, oh, that's like a cool looking house and a nice coffee shop. But yeah. Um, So anyways, I had gone on my end of summer vacation. You were in the midst of this stuff. Then the semester started, you know, you were transitioning out into a new place. I (laughs) reached a peak that I did not think I could with my mental health. And by peak, I obviously mean valley. Right. Um, An anxiety peak. (laughs) Yeah. I hit some places that I didn't know my, I didn't even know it could go. Um, So things have been kind of rough there. I will just say this. One of the things that had been really hard for me for a while, anyways, I started putting some early episodes together and working with my buddy on finishing the theme song. And I was going through this whole thing where um, 
it was very difficult to hear the sound of my own voice. Mm. Like I was definitely in a place where like listening to myself was like way too raw. And even mm-hmm. though it was just us talking about community, it put me in a space where I was just immediately like, oh, you're so dumb. You sound terrible. You're awful. Like it really, really was doing a number on me, which is why, I mean, I'm sharing this openly, obviously with anyone listening, but with you, I've been meaning to tell you this for a long time. It just was, I needed to step very far away from it for a while because it was like a little too meta um and a little too like it was it was uh too much putting me in a space where I had to be self-reflective and critical in Mm -hmm. ways that I couldn't always control I will say I love recording and a few times I've wanted to reach out and say oh man we should record like I will always record these I just did (laughs) not really in a space to like invest the time listening to them again and like to edit them just because partly like it was kind of doing a number on me but also just you know it's super busy on campus this semester but um all of that just to say this is so good to be sitting down again and recording um and I share that and I wanted to be open for obviously just talking to you about this but you know maybe there's some people out there that are listening and have you know experienced similar things or whatever and I think this speaks to really what we love about this show and what we love about this podcast. And we've talked about it before, like recording at first during the pandemic and having to record via social distance or, you know, record virtually. It does sort of, yeah, I guess my point is I'm not just like sharing this for people's sympathy or to like, you know, take (laughs) this conversation a different direction. I really do think it sort of fits with what this show has been about for us and Mm -hmm. our friendship, but also what we think of as being important in the show and just the sense or the concept even of like community. And so I'm sure there's some people out there that maybe have struggled with their mental health during the pandemic. And, you know, it's just to say, I hear you, you know, <laughs> I go through the same thing. I've definitely been through some scary things the last couple months seem to be kind of, you know, working it out and getting to a better place. But there was definitely a, a stretch in there, frankly, right around the time you were leaving, like, you know, mid-September to like even early November where I was just unfit for public consumption. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, like and that, truly, makes, that yeah. makes sense that, that then listening to your own voice would be just like, like if if you could quantify anxiety, like I think that wouldn't double it; it would square it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> anxiety squared. That's my new. That's my new handle <laughs> on social media. Anxiety squared. Yeah. <laughs> but I think so. I think hearing you talk about this, it makes me think about you know what we've really liked about recording is not just that we're friends and we get to talk about something we both happen to love, but that we come at it with this like Greendale premise of like, well, everybody's a little fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> like no exactly. one's aiming for A pluses here. Yeah. And that kind of like, then something kind of magical happens where suddenly like talking about having had a, a couple of rough months mental health wise doesn't seem like that big of a deal. I love the way you say it because it is like nobody's aiming for an A plus here because because it it is and I'm sure there's many listeners right now going yeah we've noticed you too no. <laughs> <laughs> hey whatever you're you're here listening no everybody's welcome you're all, you're already accepted but right. the uh but no to your point there is this kind of like 
and, and I don't I don't think we mean this in this sort of like pretentious self-aware like we are kind of like Greendale in our podcast but I think it's more like from the fan sense you know from fandom there's this thing about the show that's so disarming and so not pretentious and like so inviting because they just show you these people that are like manifestly explicitly fucked up in mm-hmm. some ways, some more than others and some in much more disturbing ways than others. <laughs> you know, here's looking at you, Chang, or something like yeah. that, you know, but um, there is this way that, but also there, it's like this community of people that are like, you know what, we're all solid B pluses, but <laughs> together, like that's what makes us like better or whatever. And and we love that and we own that and we live in that and we all want to be better, but really we're just, we're here for the community. And as yeah. long as we have this community, then we're not so worried about like where we fall on that grade scale because the community is what it's about. And we've talked about that so much recording the podcast, not, you know, I've told you before, on mic, off mic, probably off mic usually, but just like how much we got to a Saturday morning recording session. And I would say, oh, Sam, like you have no idea how excited I am. Like I watched the episode (laughs) last night. I took all these notes. Like I was just looking forward to this all week. Like I've really been looking forward to like this time with you and just talking about the show. And that's definitely true. But sometimes, you know, you hit a phase in your life where, you know, even those things that you love are um, difficult in some way. Like they're costly emotionally, energetically. Yeah. And you're in a place where you don't feel like yourself or you feel inadequate. And it's like even something that you know is healthy and positive and people that you know are healthy and positive for you. You're sort of like, I I can't even put myself like around those people right now, or I can't Mm -hmm. record this podcast. I can't respond to an email or a text because I'm just like so internally raw and just trying to like calibrate my system Mm -hmm. somewhere back to like a baseline, you know? Yeah. And even though you know that that's what's happening and you know that eventually you'll get there, it doesn't mean you can like jump ahead and like skip the intervening steps. No, that's exactly it. One thing I'll share with you is um, if you, if you care to hear it, I was trying meds and some meds and they weren't, you know, really working or whatever. And mm-hmm. so we tried one that um, made me manic, but unbeknownst to me. Oh no. Because I'd never been manic before. So I didn't, I was just like, damn, I'm just crushing it. I'm just waking up in the morning. I'm just fucking getting shit done. Yeah, from the inside, <laughs> like, mania always looks good. Yeah, I'm like, man, this is weird. And I kind of noticed that it sort of coincided with me taking this new med. And I definitely like noticed I wasn't sleeping. Like my body mm. would lie still in bed at night, but my brain would literally be conversing with itself for oh. like eight hours. That sounds exhausting. It was so exhausting. And I got to a point where I was like, yeah definitely I'm not sleeping, but I have a bunch of energy during the day. I don't feel like, I mean, I can exercise and go do errands and go to work and I'm kind of crushing it at work. I'm getting a bunch of stuff done. And then uh, I'll save everyone the details, but it got to a point where like kind of bizarre stuff started happening. And like, Mm -hmm. I almost passed out driving, I think just from exhaustion. And I was on um, yeah. interstate 65 like doing oh, highway God. speeds and That's stuff treacherous <laughs> even when you're fully alert exactly 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 so all that just to say not only was i dealing with sort of like the anxiety and the panic attacks that i often have but then there was this whole new thing in there 
um, that I didn't even know was like a thing. Cause I know it sounds dumb looking back on it. I'm like, God, I should have never gone like two, two and a half weeks with like no sleep like that, but I'd never been, I'd ne- it never happened to me before. Yeah. I've never had like a hypomania as I guess it was. But anyways, that also then brought out like conversations with the people you have these conversations with about, you know, then you got to work on a different med regimen and maybe different mm-hmm. diagnoses and treat different things. So it's been, you know, I'd been, yeah, not at my best. And that's mm-hmm. all in one way. Not, I don't mean it as excuse. I mean, truly to you, I'm deeply sorry because I wish we would have been recording. And just as a friend, I wish I would have been in better touch, but um, yeah, maybe somebody out there knows what that's like when you're in that space and you're like, man, I got to do so much work inside before mm-hmm. I can even start like reaching out to the world again, which then obviously gets isolating and yada, yada. And here we are now recording this podcast <laughs> at a distance, which we've been recording at a distance because we had to be isolated because of a pandemic. So yeah, thank you, COVID. Or... <laughs> bringing me to a new level of my mental health awareness. Um, but that's also, that kind of reminds me of something else I was thinking about. What Thinking about like Thanksgiving, because, you know, Thanksgiving takes planning. It takes extra planning in COVID because now we have to figure out like, okay, so which family members are coming? Which ones are vaccinated? Whose kids are still unvaccinated? Um, is it okay <sighs> for like, it, like there's so many more layers of complication on what should just, should just be the complications that are inherent to family drama. My family has, I have, one side of my family is like 90% drama queens. Um, (laughs) And I love them all. And, but they are very high energy people and that leads to drama. But so anyway, just to say that now COVID has given us a whole other extra layer of complication on top of that. So what I was thinking about like Thanksgiving, I was thinking about kind of the like emotional work kind of like what you were describing that that socializing costs you mm-hmm. um and sometimes it's worth the cost right like like we feel like when we're doing a podcast and we're talking about this like we kind of leave it with more energy than we came in or like more positive feelings than we came in like there, there's something kind of nourishing about these kinds of social interactions for sure but that has as an adult, so much of that has to be intentional, right? Like you have to make an effort to come back together with the people that, that do that for you. It's not just reflexive. Like, it's not just like when you're a kid and you're kind of being like shunted from, you know, family gathering to other family gathering to school, social setting, and you just are kind of like reacting to your surroundings. Whereas as an adult, especially in a pandemic where you're isolated, you have to be very consciously choosing those interactions. And that kind of reminded me of like what we talk about on community about how they're, they're like a chosen family. And I think like, especially later in the show, it becomes much more about them, like deciding to stay together because it's good for all of them, as opposed to it being a convenient or natural thing that just happens. So that was just a, a brain dump of Thanksgiving community pandemic stress podcast. We are back in action, gang. For those <laughs> of you who have just gone listening episode to episode, this probably won't mean it, like anything to you. Or I should say, I should say this. Either you're like, what the hell is wrong with them today? <laughs> or it sounds like our normal, just like, yeah, just shit storm of words. But... um. <laughs> 
I feel like we're back. So I want to comment on a couple things. No, and uh, so, some of what you said was all of what you said was exactly right, but some of it was so poignant. So number one, when we would leave those episode recording sessions, you know, earlier in the year, I would be so energized that day. I'd just be like, man, I accomplished something. I did something I love. And as you know, you know, I haven't necessarily been happy in my job or whatever. And one of the things that I would often tell you is like, man, when we do this, I really feel like I want to be a podcast host. <laughs> okay. Insert massive eye roll here by all the listeners because everybody's <laughs> got a podcast now, right. but there really is this part, you know, I'd used to do the one for the, like our department or whatever. Yeah. And you so could be happy doing this as a career. This is actually something I would do like every day. And I think it would make me feel happy, particularly because one of the things I've found out about myself, uh, mental health or otherwise, or in therapy is I am the sort of person that truly needs to talk it out. Oh yeah. Like that's what I need. I don't need, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) like, well, I won't go into all the things that sometimes people tell you you need. (laughs) Like there's a lot of things that I don't need. One thing I really need is to talk stuff out. And even if it's not talking about the thing that bothers me, I just need to talk right? Like Mm -hmm. that's something that I need. And so to your point about how you have to sort of choose to get yourself back into these social settings sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, when you said that, I I thought about like, you were talking about when you're a little kid and you're just kind of being, you know, like taken from, we're going to like aunt so-and-so's and then we're going to like, you know, grandma on this side and then we're going to grandpa on this side. You're just kind of getting like yeah, shuttled like around. The, and, the scenery changes around you and you kind of react to it. And you're along for the ride. And sometimes yeah. you can sense there's some tension maybe with the adults. Like, oh, we only <laughs> stayed at this person's house for an hour, but we were at that other place for six hours or, you know, I mean, like, you know, uh-huh. you kind of get this stuff. But w- what I thought of was like, you know, when you're a kid and like, you know, I don't know if there was like a group of kids in your neighborhood or like a table you sat at at lunch or, you know, just whatever, like some sort of friend group as a kid and something happens, you know, somebody calls somebody dumb and then like, you're like banished from the kingdom or whatever for like weeks. And then suddenly like one week, it's just like you get back into a, I don't know, like a game of kickball or whatever mm-hmm. the hell happened. It's going to just like, you're back to being friends with like the people. And it's yeah. just like, it never even comes up. Or if it does, it's just like, how come you didn't talk to me for like a couple of weeks? And it's just like, cause you said I was dumb. Okay. And then you're just like, well, you are dumb and I'm sorry. And then, you know, and it's just like, and like you move on, you know, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. You just like find these ways when you're an adult. And I don't necessarily mean when there's like drama or conflict, but even just like losing touch with people for a few weeks or someone moves or like for many of us, like who have gone through a certain decade of our life, like say I was in grad school during my thirties doing the PhD and all my friends were like settling into careers, getting married, mm. having kids. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't talk to a lot of these people anymore. And I miss them. I miss like the friendships we used to have. I certainly hope the best for them. But even like sometimes as an adult, just the way life stuff happens and p- creates a pause in an interaction mm-hmm. or a community or, you know, some sort of whatever coming together. It's such a interesting challenge and dynamic to get that back together sometimes Mm -hmm. in an instance like this you were like hey we should record an episode and i was like hell yeah let's do it (laughs) six weeks ago i might not have responded like and i don't mean that like i just wouldn't i probably would have like gotten so sad that i couldn't do it that i would have just been like delete the email just you know like sort of thing 
But, you know, so sometimes it's easier than others. But to your point about this with Thanksgiving, and I wanted to hear what you have to say about this. These holidays now are just so different. I mean, yes. it, it just used to be like you make some phone calls, send some emails. We're going over to so-and-so's house for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But now to your point, it's like, then there's back channels like, hey, did weird uncle so-and-so ever get the vaccination or is he mm-hmm. still, does he still think that like laser beams started the California <laughs> wildfires or whatever? <laughs> I mean, just the level of making this happen, mm-hmm. there's like this whole other thing now of like, are we all comfortable being in the same room? Is everybody at the same vaccination level? Does everybody feel the same about it? Do we have to wear masks being around family? Cause that's going to yeah. suck. It's the whole thing. What about breakthrough infections? Like it, like it's funny that we used to think holidays were complicated. <laughs> yeah. 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 I wish all we had to deal with was family and intergenerational drama. I didn't think about that, but that's so true. Like if we could go back in some sort of like community style, like, um, <laughs> like, you know, multiple timeline, yeah. uh, like a clip show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or a clip show or like the multiple timelines oh, yeah. go through to like, you know, evil, like whatever, like go back to a different universe or whatever and see us preparing for thanksgiving of 2019 let alone like (laughs) 2005 oh oh yeah when it was just like you just put the phone call out to the family or send an email and maybe half the people will know how to open it half the people won't (laughs) because it's 2005 and definitely some people are still on aol and they might not get it and but hey we're all going to go over to so-and-so's for thanksgiving now it's like you gotta like part of the conversation is would you be comfortable if we invited so-and-so? Yes. Yeah. And you're like, you mean like our family? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like you're asking me if I'd be okay if people that we have fucking blood DNA with show up? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with it. Like, why wouldn't I be? And then, you know, then maybe you find out why you wouldn't be or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, like this Thanksgiving. So I have I have three brothers. The two of them live very close to each other in northern Illinois. And I'm going to have Thanksgiving with one, but not both of them, because one of my brothers is not vaccinated and is very anti-vaccine. And the other brother, um, his partner just had a baby that they don't want exposed oh, yeah, to, to the, the virus, even if the risk is very low. And that's very understandable. So yeah, we're having a split family holiday even though we're like going to be in practically the same town i'm sorry to hear that um we so my family it'll be the biggest one we've had in a while the last few years has just been me and my parents at my younger sister's house but so it's going to be me and my parents my younger sister her kids and obviously my brother-in-law an uncle and two cousins coming up from bloomington and an aunt coming down from michigan uh, Bloomington, Indiana, for anyone who's not familiar with the <laughs> Midwestern <laughs> geography, you know how us Midwesterners roll. We just assume everybody <laughs> knows the names of the towns in like Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, <laughs> Illinois, Wisconsin. Like yeah. we just assume if you're around Lake Michigan or could get there in a day's drive, you probably know the names of the towns. Um, 
So anyways, there's going to be 12 of us. I think everybody's vac- vaccinated and has their booster. Um, you know, one of the little ones just got their first or maybe we'll have their full you know, mm-hmm. dosage. So we're all looking forward to it. But I will say it's odd in so far as like, I haven't been at a Thanksgiving table and this is nothing against them. I'm really looking forward to this. Haven't seen some of this family in a while, but this will be the biggest Thanksgiving 12 people that I've been at in like three years. Yeah. Cause it's mostly just been my immediate family the last couple of years. And part of mm-hmm. that is because now that my sister has kids, it's like, you know, it's just when, when they're really little, it's like, it's kind of hard to have like a huge Thanksgiving when you've got like toddlers, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but there's also part of me that's like, damn, I haven't been at a table with like really having to like ask people to pass things around the table, or maybe there's two tables. You know? Like I'm yeah. like, I haven't done this in a long time. Um, it's intense, like, intense. and not necessarily in bad ways. Like I went to, so before my brother and his partner had their baby, we went to a baby shower. That was the biggest social gathering I've been to in, in years. And it was probably like 20 people. All, and, you know, they were careful about it and they were smart about it. But everyone was, even though it was like a, a definitely like a, there was a happy tone to everything. Everything was more intense than you would expect. And, you know, people are like unwrapping gifts of like baby clothes. And the threshold for what will bring t- people to happy tears is just completely out of whack now. <laughs> like <laughs> Anything remotely good. If you're surrounded by family you haven't seen in a year you're crying like and then people are asking like i don't know why i'm being so emotional and it's like oh uh, yeah you do i think we all do it's because of this fucking pandemic and it has destroyed us nice yeah yeah i love it you're like yeah no we all know and you do too why everyone's being yeah. super emotional it's because everything got effed yes <laughs> somewhere <laughs> around january of 2020 everything got effed and and we thought it was going to be temporary and we are not equipped to deal with this over the long term and now 22 months later (laughs) we still have to explain to people if you don't want to get vaccinated whatever that's your choice but the way a virus like this works that means we have to make other sacrifices yeah like maybe we can't have sports games with tens of thousands of people screaming in each other's faces you know maybe we have to wear masks <laughs> when we go to the grocery store and i want to make clear i'm not like shaming anyone or like uh, you know for legitimate reasons or for personal beliefs cannot or does not get the vaccine but i'm just saying we're you know we thought this was going to be a temporary thing we're 20 months later because statistically speaking different mutations of the virus keep getting passed around among people who are either not vaccinated or just not following basic precautions. Yeah. And so when you go back to your point, like, you know, at this baby shower and so people are like having, you know, happy tears at like the, like the littlest thing. It's just like, no, I totally get why you're there. You're around people around a group of people and it's a happy moment and someone has a very special moment about to happen in their life. They're going to become parents and it's amazing. But also I feel like in all of those moments, and I think this is implicit in what you said in all of those moments, there's this nostalgia Mm -hmm. for three years ago. Yeah. 
And let me tell you something. I was around for 2018. It wasn't like really a memorable year. <laughs> um, it weren't, you know, weren't no 1987. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Um, wasn't 2000, you know what I mean? Where they're, yeah. um, no, but it's like, I think that's part of your point, maybe if I'm understanding it correctly, mm-hmm. but is just that in all these moments, there is this emotion being around people and being able to experience these things again after this time where like these things were really forbidden and, you know, just socially or, you know, epidemiologically, not something we could do. But I know for me, like, that's part of the emotion I feel in these moments is just like, damn, does anybody remember 2018? <laughs> 2018 was sick, man. Remember (laughs) how easy it was? Yeah, take me back to 2018, bro, because it was it was lit, as the kids say. Um, Of course, yes. (laughs) But no, but the um, but that's also a weird thing too because it seems so close chronologically. Mm -hmm. This like, oh man, two years ago, this wasn't even a thing we had to think about. Two years ago, nobody was asking anybody if they had their booster shot before they came over for Thanksgiving. And now it's, I think the other part of this too, there's this like nostalgia of the immediate or something, this nostalgia Mm. for something or that's not that far away. This isn't nostalgia Mm -hmm. for when we were kids in the nineties. This is a nostalgia for two, three years ago. Like when Mm -hmm. we didn't have to worry about this stuff and that's an odd psychological space. And the other Mm -hmm. thing I would add to that is this sense that that's just the conversation we're going to have to have every Thanksgiving for the rest of our lives. Did you get your flu shot? Was there a COVID booster in it? All right, then you can come over. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the world we live in now because we're never going to defeat it because people just keep spreading it around and like it has, it's a smart thing and it mutates and it gets stronger and here we are. And like, even if we do kind of defeat it in a practical sense, don't you think like this has gone on so long that it's going to leave scars? Like we're not coming out of this and going back to normal. Like that's not happening. Even if we get over this virus, like it's changed us all for life. Oh man, it's changed us all for life. And the thing that I think hurts the most is, especially in the United States, we were in such a place of harmony where like everyone really agreed with each other on everything. (laughs) You know, there was a clear sense of who you could trust, which news outlets you could go to, to be, you know, (laughs) upstanding and truthful and forthright. And so when you think about the, the halcyon days of again, 2018, where you could trust your leaders You knew that you and your neighbors might disagree, but everybody was on the same page. And then this thing happened and it seemed to have rent us, (laughs) torn us apart. Um, No, but like, that's the other thing. This is happening at a time when it was already batshit nuts. Yes. Like people were already throwing out their hot takes on what truth is. And then something like a virus that you can't see, smell, touch, hear, you know what I mean, comes along and people got some theories. Uh Uh-huh. I mean. I would, and I wonder if any of the other community, like, because there are other community-esque podcasts, um, I wonder if any of them have delved into, like, what Chang would do in the pandemic. I'd be curious to know how Chang's story would play out in a pandemic year. The two people that I would like to follow through the pandemic year, if if community were still around, I'm going to borrow from you and say Chang. The second one would be Troy, because mm. I feel like Troy 
did some amazing things during the pandemic year. If they ever come back hmm. for a reunion season, I want it to be like <laughs> 10 episodes where each episode is just a like mockumentary on what people did during the pandemic. <laughs> oh, I would watch the pants off of that. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I would love that. I would love to see what Shirley got up to, what <laughs> Troy got up to. Yeah. So do you think Troy is one of the few individuals that like actually like learned another language or whatever pandemic project? <laughs> like, is he one of the few that actually did that? Or do you think he just was able to like Zen his way through the trauma? I think the Tao of Troy both kept him in a place where he was accepting of it and didn't let it get him down. But I also think that Troy in social isolation probably grew so much. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just a sense I get. Other characters, yeah. I don't know. Um, but with Troy, I mean, Chang obviously went down some weird rabbit holes. I think we could admit that. Like, yeah, he I got... don't think we're equipped to imagine what <laughs> Chang would have done. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Only Dan Harmon and the writers can tell you what <laughs> Chang ended up doing. And, and I'm going to say it wasn't pretty. And he got nope. into he got into some stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, with Troy, that yeah, there's like a sense that like, I don't know, he was such a positive character. And and we've talked about it before, that sort of Tao of Troy. I could like to your point, I could see him being like, I'm going to learn how to do this. Mm-hmm. and teaching himself and you know like he has the plumbing skill i could see him oh, yeah. having like built something yeah he has you know? those plumbing gifts <laughs> yeah like i could see him having like built a house or like invented <laughs> a tool that helps like with clogged sinks or something i really <laughs> like you know i yeah. see troy having really crushed the isolation i see him just being like all right i can't like see my friends for a while so like i just got to figure something out here it is <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Yeah. I like that image. Real quick. You mentioned something earlier about, well, I guess it was just the general point of like being places or if you're a kid kind of getting taken places for Thanksgiving or even as an adult, you know, you have these expectations of spending time with family and maybe you're not always like completely committed or comfortable like you know that's there's, mm-hmm. there could be tension there could be some drama or there's maybe emotional costs a social yeah that's a great way of putting it social cost or maybe even you just feel like i can't be my full self here like this is the yeah. me that's around the extended family i can't be my full self for whatever reason mm-hmm. like political disagreements or just you know you just don't really know those people that well and you kind of have mm-hmm. to you know you play a role or adopt a role and you Mm -hmm. have to kind of adapt and be like ah this isn't really me like but i you know these pants are slightly uncomfortable exactly but this is the me that fits with this family or this function reminds me of the community thanksgiving episode where they i believe they're at shirley's and they all keep going out to the garage oh yeah (laughs) and then don't they try to do a um like a uh What's a Shawshank Redemption, yes, like escape do. behind a poster yeah. by like putting a hole in the wall <laughs> or something. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh. so anyways, we were talking earlier and I was like, oh, that like when, if we're going around the table and everybody has to say what they're thankful for, that's when I go outside for, for a cigarette, even though I don't smoke. <laughs> that's when I just walk out of yeah. the house and I look for the nearest smoker and just say, <laughs> I'm joining you. I don't just give me one of those. Um, but that sort of reminded me too, what, uh, just the, um, yeah, like that being in the moment, like a family Thanksgiving and sometimes just feeling that need for a little escape. And I thought that was one thing that that episode of mm-hmm. Community where they all went to Shirley's for Thanksgiving, that they did really well. Just like, 
yeah, sometimes you kind of just find a way to sneak out to the sneak out to the garage or whatever, <laughs> you know, sneak out to the backyard, whatever it is. Yeah, I feel like I like that bit more now after you having talked through it. Does that so say more about that? Did you not like it at the time? No, I did. I just didn't really like relate it to lived experience. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it it's kind of like something you can imagine happening in like any sitcom, right? Like fake like escape episode. But <laughs> no, no, it feels kind of real now. <laughs> yeah, I know like well, I definitely can remember bigger family events where it'd be like oh so-and-so's going out into the backyard I'll go out there for a little bit now I'll go into this room and like watch the football game for a little bit and then I'll go check in on my cousin who's like up in his room or Mm -hmm. you know like feeling that sort of like I mean partly you just want to maybe just like be social and talk to different people but yeah that was one thing I always loved about that episode was I mean I think it's a little on the nose like uh, they're gonna notice people keep going out into the garage and right. what could possibly be in the garage but that's what makes it so perfectly community but the <laughs> sentiment or the you know the concept behind it of like yeah I gotta get out of this room for a little bit you know mm-hmm. like I gotta go just hang out and then what I love about it especially is when people come out to the garage and they're like you guys are out here you know and like everybody <laughs> realizes that everybody was feeling that same thing and was like I'm gonna go go escape in the garage which again makes it perfectly community and hilarious because how many people would all have the thought like let's go to the garage or whatever but I've had those moments at big family Christmases or Thanksgivings you know years past when like more of my family um, extended family like lived closer and you know more of us were still alive frankly um and you would hang out at somebody's house like all day for a big you know a big holiday um, or like a birthday or whatever it is. And then, yeah, like at some point you kind of sneak into like, a, I don't know, <laughs> you like find your way into like a guest bedroom, like yeah. upstairs and you're like, oh, cousin so-and-so's in here. And then you both have a moment of being like, yeah, it was a little crazy down there. And I, I'm you know, having like vivid flashbacks of my grandpa's guest bedroom that had a Super Nintendo in there and he had like ah. a golf game. <laughs> that's amazing i so did remember you ever go... being in there on christmas yeah and like with other cousins or other family members that kind of went in there like yeah maybe it'd be like two maybe three people in there at a time <laughs> yeah yeah no but that's amazing because that's a chance to bond with those people yeah you know even if it's and just... to get out of the bigger room for a minute to get out of the bigger room but also to bond in that smaller moment yeah. and i remember some of those moments myself where it's like you know you see like an uncle or something and you're just like oh uh you came down to the basement too and then you're both like (laughs) all right we can cut the crap we came down here because it was too much up there and like I couldn't deal with this or whatever but then you have a moment with that person where you bond and it's like yeah we shared that moment where like we both got tired of like the to-do and just like (laughs) snuck away but interestingly we both had the same idea unbeknownst Mm -hmm. to one another and we both like snuck away to the same place and then it's kind of awkward because you're like caught you know like caught you and they're like no I caught you and you're like well (laughs) how about we just chill here and play you know Nintendo golf and just yeah. Not talk about it. You're, How or, about we have a, like a, a social moment born out of our mutual <laughs> uh, exhaustion with socializing? No, that's exactly it. Let's have a smaller microcosm of like a more, I mean, you know, in a sense, more intimate, more interpersonal, more directly interpersonal social moment. Mm-hmm. 
in the midst of a huge social moment that <laughs> you just had to get out of. Um, I love those sorts of things. All right. Before we say goodbye to our beloved fans and, and <laughs> kick off the new, the new us, the new venture, or at least getting back on track. The, the renewal. The, the renewal. Yeah. I'm going to ask you some hard hitting, very raw, very real, very honest Thanksgiving questions. Yeah. Okay. Now. Let's do this. Are you a turkey person? I would not miss the turkey if it wasn't there. I feel the same way, Sandy. And more <laughs> and more every year, my family's like, why do we do the turkey when it? nobody <laughs> likes it? Nobody it's, loves it. Nobody like, loves it. Good point. Nobody loves it. And it's yeah. the worst leftover meat. <laughs> leftover turkey. I mean, why do you think somebody invented a sandwich where they put friggin' cranberries on it? Because you need something. It needs open, so much work. To open your eyes and wake up your mouth when you're That's, eating yeah. cold white meat turkey the next day. It is, it is a, a meat of necessity. This shouldn't be what we're choosing for our holidays. Every year, like, oh man, we've tried to like... We're locked in, in though. Yeah, like, brine it, do do just the legs on the grill. Well, uh, <laughs> my brother-in-law a couple years ago did a really good job just doing the legs on the grill. And it was good. But, and also because there was a little more of the dark meat. But even yeah. still, it was just like, man, let's do something else. And given my Polish background, I'm all about the ham. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm never going to say no to a ham. But okay, so... Question number one was, are you a turkey person? Sounds like 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 me. And I think like many people, it's sort of the un, the un, you know, the uh, like the what do you call it? The tacit sort of agreement amongst yes. people to accept yeah. turkey in this meal, but and to not <laughs> out that they really don't like it. But I think there's a lot of Americans that are just done with the turkey. It's not a good yes. it's not a good bird. It's not a good meat. <laughs> okay. Second. I want to hear some of your favorite side dishes. We're saving mm. dessert for the end. We ain't going dessert yet. Okay. But some of your favorite side dishes. Mm -hmm. Oh, my grandma makes a, wait, she calls it a dressing. Wait, wait, wait. But I, okay. Cause I also want to hear of side dish. Another part of this question next, a side dish that you think is unique to your Oh, family. okay. Okay. No, I think okay. I can do this in two parts. Okay. 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 So, so one of my some of the favorite... traditional favorite yeah. side dishes and then like a unique Caldrone family side dish. So um, it's not Thanksgiving without my grandma's like dressing. Okay. And I think it could also be called stuffing. Oh. But there's, I don't know how the terminology breaks down. That was almost a question. Are you yeah. a dressing family or a stuffing family? This recipe is always referred to as dressing. <laughs> I feel like if I made it slightly differently, they'd call it stuffing. Like, I don't know. But it's, me, it's, it's just, do you put it in the bird? If it's in the carcass of the bird, that's a stuffing. If you make it separately, it's Yeah, dressing. this is this is separate. And it's just, okay. it's like white bread, like store-bought, like yes. Wonder Bread with some oh, like yes. sausage and oh, God, herbs yeah. mixed in. It's very much like made by the kind of woman who grew up in like the 40s and 50s and includes like, cans of Campbell's condensed soup and casserole recipes. Like it is that generation of recipe that I can see from <laughs> your laughter you are totally familiar with. <laughs> you get a recipe that's like, no, you need a can and a quarter 
of cream of mushroom soup. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> how do I get a quarter of a fucking can out of a Campbell's cream of mushroom? Trust but me. Trust that recipe. It knows a, what it's doing. And then you know what you can do? You can put the rest of it in the fridge with like the with the <laughs> aluminum lid hanging on yeah. by one little like sliver of aluminum and then some saran wrap on uh-huh. top and someone can eat it as a bowl of soup the next yeah. day no I, yeah i hear you okay so the dressing is one of your favorites mm-hmm. grandma's dressing yeah yeah and then so one that i i think <laughs> is like our unique kind of family spin on a vegetable casserole is um, instead of like a green bean, you know, cream of mushroom soup casserole with like fried onions on top, mm-hmm. um, my um, Aunt Joanne will normally make like a broccoli casserole that's kind of in the same Damn. vein, but has like crumbled like cheesy crackers on top that, that, that I very much enjoy. Damn, that sounds good. Yeah. That's amazing. I was going to say one of my favorites is the green bean casserole, the GBC, as we call it in my family, like a very good, well done green bean casserole Mm -hmm. with with the (laughs) cans of Campbell's mushroom soup Mm -hmm. or cream of mushroom soup and the French's or whatever, like, yeah, onions. There's just I bought some of those on Sunday for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Dude, that flavor profile for some reason is just so right for that Mm -hmm. meal. And don't get me wrong. Like, I love all of it. The cranberries, the potatoes, Mm -hmm. the stuffing, the burnt, whatever. But that the green bean casserole is what I live for. (laughs) <laughs> a thing that I don't know if it's unique to my family, but that um, I always am reminded of my late grandmother used to make this stuff that we called literally green stuff. Oh, nice. And it was like a jello cool whip mixture. Wait, was it savory or sweet? Sweet. And I okay, think good. it had maybe like little bits of like pineapple in it mm-hmm. or or tapioca or something. It had something mm. in it. But so it was like this green jello, but we wouldn't serve it as dessert. This was what was always so bizarre to me. No, the jello dessert- in that generation goes on a dinner plate somehow. Yes. So dessert- I don't know why, but it does in my family too. What is that? So dessert know. is separate. There's like pies and shit for dessert, but you could put on your plate, maybe just for like a flavor profile balance, this like chunk of whipped cream and like red jello that comes out green that has bits of tapioca or maybe pineapple or something in it and as a kid i loved it i would crush it like i would just fill my plate with it and we called it green stuff shout out to grandma shelly it was just what we called green stuff like yeah i I, I feel like our grandparents and great-grandparents generations had uh, a different definition of what jello is than we do. We need to, we should do a deep dive. Like, what, like we should do a slow burn style episode <laughs> on what's up with jello being a, a viable side dish at dinner for like, <laughs> for the like post depression or depression era children. Uh-huh. Like, why would you, why would you invite jello to the table? But yeah, we do that. We used to have this green stuff. Nobody really makes it anymore in my family. Cause you know, Grandma Shelley passed. I know people have the recipe in can, but like she, there was something the about same. the way she made it. Yeah, it was not yeah. the same. Are, okay, next question before we get to desserts. Are there any side dishes that you are not a fan of? 
that seem like traditional stalwart mm. Midwestern side dishes? So the only kind of regular thing that would hit the table that I'm definitely not a fan of is um, chunky gravy, which my one grandpa used to insist insist on. And it's like the like organ meats that come usually in like a baggie inside the bird um, that most or many families I imagine would throw away. He would prefer like cooked and chopped up and put in one of the gravy boats. So there was always like two gravy boats and it was very important information, which gravy boat was getting passed to you. So you didn't accidentally ruin your plate with grandpa's chunky gravy. Yeah. That's got the gizzard in it. Uh huh. Um, you don't want that one. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> so I, at certain years at Thanksgiving have made a roasted sweet potato to just like cut it into like, you know, one and a half inch chunks and just roast it. I'm not a huge fan of any kind of whipped sweet potato okay. or um, if it's like sort of like the candied yams, if there's like the marsh, any type yeah, of that's really sweet. Thing. Yeah. Any type of really sweet, sweet potato. I, I don't like, I like a very salty, savory, sweet potato. Um, but sweet potatoes seem to be a standard at Thanksgiving dinner okay. tables. And I am not a, not a sweet potato person unless it's like roasted or done in a particular way. You have and a narrow sweet potato window. <laughs> I have a very narrow, <laughs> indeed. I have a very narrow sweet potato window. And if you're calling it a yam, Mm -mm. you might as well don't even offer it to me if you're calling it a yam i don't want it because i know it's not going to fit that window i need a savory sweet potato and that's a niche felt like a johnny carter there's a niche <laughs> sweet potato um okay so we've got i think we're both no on the bird we're mm -hmm. both both no on the bird we've got we've both got a dish that we look forward to and one that maybe we feel like is unique to the family. We've got a side dish that maybe people would scoff at if they knew that we didn't like. Let's finish <laughs> this up. What's the dessert you look forward to the most? And then also, is there a standard Thanksgiving dessert that you thumb your nose at? That you, that you other people can eat it as much as they want. That's not for you. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I feel like you kind of in the way where you like, you have to have the turkey, like you have to have like a pumpkin pie or a sweet potato pie, mm -hmm. or it's just not the same. And, but unlike the turkey, I do really love the pumpkin pie. Like it's hard to do a bad pumpkin pie, whether it's like store-bought homemade, like it's all good. Just like the traditional can mm -hmm. of pumpkin. <laughs> like pumpkin pie. I agree. There's something about Thanksgiving. Like I have to have at least one slice with a dollop of cool whip right on top mm -hmm. of that bad boy of just like your traditional pumpkin pie. I agree. I think it's standard. I think it's a must and it's seasonal. I'm never going to have it any other time of year. Like that's yeah. it. Any desserts and you know, you don't have to like call anybody out, but any desserts <laughs> that, uh, that maybe don't speak to you as well? Uh, no, I would say most desserts speak to me <laughs> pretty well. Although I think one thing that we haven't mentioned yet, we can take a quick detour, is like, and I, I like to cook from scratch. I like to cook complicated things. But for the ratio of like effort to payoff 
cannot be beat by the crescent roll. The pill, like the canned dough crescent roll for the amount of work you put into it and the reward you get, like that has the most payoff of any uh, holiday side. Are you, are you just serving plain crescent rolls? Are you putting anything in them? Like, how are you, are you jazzing them up? Or I, just I like, would jazz them up, but you don't need to. Damn. Like the Pillsbury crescent roll. Yeah. We are not sponsored by Pillsbury. I'm sorry to their team of lawyers. If anyone ever <laughs> listens to this, I don't know if we're allowed to mention that, but that's just to get an image. Okay. Although I will say, and I don't mean to put anybody on blast, as they say, <laughs> um, but definitely one year, someone's job, someone in my family's job was to do the rolls and that person burnt the rolls. Oh, that's sad. The dinner rolls did get burnt one year. That's a um, bummer. Yeah, it was a bummer. And but memorable, was, obviously. <laughs> well, but the other thing was, I wasn't as bothered by it by some people in my family, but it's also that like, let's pull the rolls out of the oven because that's go time. <laughs> that's like, yeah. you pull the rolls out of the oven and if anybody's going to like, whatever, say a word to commemorate the moment, that's happening when the rolls come out mm-hmm. of the oven and when the rolls come out of the oven and they don't <laughs> look right, then <laughs> people are just like... Aww. Damn, you know. <laughs> it throws me off my game. Anybody got anything they want to say? Everybody's like, nah, <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Hell, we're here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, as far as there, there have been some, I don't want to call anybody out, but there have definitely been some desserts that have made it to my Thanksgivings or the extended family where I was like, that ain't right. Like that just, that's not as good as this person thinks it is. And that flavor profile is not working. And that, and and let me say this, it's usually things that are like a little too jazzy for their own good. You know what I mean? Like they're trying too hard. Yeah. Like just give me like a pumpkin pie. I think my uncle's going to bring an apple pie this year. My mom does like a Mm -hmm. layered sort of like cream cheese based, like white and pumpkin layered kind of Mm -hmm. like cool whippy pie thing. All good options. Yeah. All good options. Yeah. You start bringing in something that's like, you know, pineapple buckle or something like that. You know, I mean, we're like, that's gone. That's, that's not. That's for something else. It ain't for Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, but I have a sweet tooth, so I'll try it. I mean, I'll try three slices of it and then immediately back bitch and just be like, <laughs> that shit was terrible. <laughs> so I'll be like, dude, you ate like a row of that yeah. pan. And I'll be like, yeah, because there was sugar in it. And obviously this person was was obviously messing with me and tempting me. This They're like, yeah, bitch. I will eat desserts I don't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously I'll put it in my mouth if it's got fucking sugar in it, okay? <laughs> so just like, leave me alone. Look at me. I like I like a sugar, all right. I like, yeah, <laughs> I like a sugary treat. Leave me alone. Um, yeah. <laughs> Last question. I can't, and I don't have an answer to this. But do you have any like amazingly uh, appropriate family dramas you can show? Like, are there were there any Thanksgiving moments in the Caldrone family where you're like that? Ha- this is the year this happened. So I don't remember what year it was, nice. but. Um... I was coming, I was traveling between two different families Mm -hmm. um, for Thanksgiving. And so I was at one kind of early in the day. And that was like a very like subdued, like 12 adults around the table having quiet conversation. And then I went to my aunt's house, other side of the family for like dessert so that we could, you know, see like everybody. Um, 
<laughs> and like I walk into that house and my aunt is like screaming profanities. Her <laughs> two like late teenage sons are like playing the drums and the guitar in the garage. And I think there was like a dessert that someone had not finished preparing that had just gotten given up on. And it was just like to open the door to, to your aunt screaming the F word at one of your cousins is um, that's family. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. I don't have any Thanksgiving stories. Trust me. If we do a Christmas episode, I go, oh, there were some Kroll family Christmases where some bangs went down. Okay. We that are coming back sure. to that. Yeah, we're circling so back around to that. <laughs> definitely. Definitely nearly a rumble between a group of Christmas carolers and some of my extended family. Um, yeah, so I have nothing on the Thanksgiving front. I have some great <laughs> Kroll family <laughs> Christmas reunion stories, but that is an amazing story. I love the juxtaposition of like, oh, what a lovely meal, and thanks, mm -hmm. it's so nice to see everybody, and then you get to your other aunt's house, and it's just like, fuck you, someone's raging yeah. on like a power cord, and you're uh -huh. just like hey everybody we're here <laughs> did anybody notice you know they're just like hi come on in that's amazing but you know like nice. if you are allowed to walk through a door while that is happening like that's family man <laughs> yeah if you're allowed to walk through a door if the door is open for you to walk through in the midst of that then yeah. you know you're related you, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely family oh that's awesome sandy this has been the best safe travels. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving and thanks everybody for listening. Thanks. Hey, we're thankful for something. Oh, no, <laughs> we have to cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>